We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Popcorn Ready Podcast. This is your host, Hatch, with my Man, boy. Man, that's so lame. Hey, your face is lame. We got this Christmas Grinch Man, in the building. We got an ugly a, face with a beautiful sweater. We have this beautiful face right here. Caitlin Ohashi, and you're like, uh, welcome to Get Your Popcorn Ready. Uh, another episode. Come on, bro. We got it. I mean, give a little bit more energy. First of all. I mean, yo, bro. Swallow your food that's in your mouth, no, first of bro. all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, Kay? He like, <laughs> you got red velvet going everywhere. You know what I'm saying? First of all, do that. Second, let's welcome Caitlin Ohashi to the stage, yes. to the building, to the podcast, to everything. How are you doing? Good. How are you guys? A Bruin. A Bruin. UCLA Bear. Mm-hmm. Wait, no, that's Cal. No, you guys are, well, it's a broom, but you, the bear. You okay, yeah, we, bear you're right, you're right. All that stuff, so <laughs> no, you know, correct I'm, him. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not a no, bear. No, I know it's not the bear. It's, it's a broom. The broom. Baby let's, bear. Yeah. Right, baby bear. So, no, thank you for coming on, though. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me. You know, so I know you've been doing nothing since you have not tumbling anymore, so I know you have time. So what's been going on lately, though, in your life? Um, I've been traveling a lot. Okay. So kind of, I've been to Sweden and Amsterdam. Wow. I was just in Mexico. So? I got back. <laughs> Sweden. We're, we're hating. Yeah, we're, we're hating right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I so want to go some of those places. How how were those trips? So much fun. Right. I think Amsterdam's actually one of my favorites. Really? Yeah, I lived actually, in Amsterdam before too. Yeah. It may be on my bucket list. Maybe one is Amsterdam. Yeah, I think it's on my bucket list. Yeah. Really? I just went to the Maldives. Oh, nice. It's, it's, it's really nice. I want to go to, like, uh, Iceland. I've oh, heard. I, I went in February. Really? How'd you like okay, it? Honestly, don't go in the winter. It's <laughs> too cold? The, go in the summer, But yeah. the thing is, really? it's like, it's the opposite of what it sounds like. Like, Iceland is, like, really green, and then Greenland is, like, really cold. Well, right. okay, it was really cold when I went. Really we cold. got stuck twice in the snow. We got caught in a blizzard. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> got okay. caught in a blizzard. Right. Oh, what months were that? I'm going to make sure I don't go during that. February. February. So, okay. don't go in there February. There it is. But yeah, so okay. Sweden, um, yeah, Amsterdam. You said that's the, 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 the really, the, the really yeah. good trip. So what did you do in Amsterdam? Mm-hmm. Smoke. Oh, we, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna guess that you all, you question. just smoked every day. <laughs> Actually, no, but um, we did go out quite a bit. That's what was, Amsterdam is. Absolutely. Of course. Yeah, you're a young, beautiful girl. Everywhere. You're supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so we got we opened up the show. Get your popcorn ready. 
with Caitlyn. So let everybody know who you are, because everybody's probably watching like, who is she? What is she? They're about okay, to find out. UCLA Bear, let him tell it. UCLA Bruin, gymnast. So let everybody know, like, kind of who you are, what you've done, so everybody can uh, just really feel the vibrations in this room right now, because this is greatness over yeah, here. We, yeah, we're going to take you back, but we'll let you just go ahead and start it out. Um, I started gymnastics when I was really young and was on the national team for four years and graduated in 2019 from UCLA, where some people may have seen my uh, viral fluoratine. Uh, and, yeah. So when you say national team, what does that mean? And yeah, gymnastics, I always say is like an anomaly because there's two different like ways you can go, which is either college gymnastics or national team, which means worlds and the Olympics. And so they don't really cross over too, too much Mm -hmm. um, because we're also a really young sport. So we peak when we're about 16. Mm -hmm. And if you don't really make the cut at, at that, that point. Age. Yeah, you kind of just go on to college and yeah. figure out from there. So I was on the national team, kind of on the path to the Olympics when I was 12. Mm-hmm. But you have to be turning 16 the year of the Olympics. So I was four months too young for 2012. That's crazy. Oh, wow. So again, if, again, we started talking about, you know, you traveling. It seems like this is the first time you've been able to travel in your life because you started at such, such a young age. And when we say young, we are talking about how young? Three. Three years old. Because the, the video I saw, like, it was this little girl. You were, like, this big and tumbling. It looked like this. Like you were this, this tall. Like this little. <laughs> right. And so, like, if you start that early, you didn't have a life of, of, you know, leisure, if you will, from then till 2019, let's say. So let's go back to when you were three years old. How did this whole thing, this love of this sport start for you? Um... My mom did gymnastics growing up, and so I was kind of one of those kids that didn't sit still. She put me in gymnastics. Put and you in the crib. You rolled up out of the <laughs> Cut a backflip out of it. <laughs> she used to say I did cartwheels in her womb because I would always just be flipping, flipping and yeah. kicking. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I would put trampolines behind the couch and jump over the couch and climb up walls and play with awesome. toys upside down. So it kind of was just really fitting and kind of love at first sight. So mm-hmm. fell in love with it, couldn't get me out of the gym, and I started progressing really fast. Mm-hmm. So I was competing when I was five, and wow. there were no, no elite programs in Washington at the time. So wow. we kind of had made a decision, like, are we going to move to move away to pursue the Olympics or stay in Washington? And mm-hmm. So how do you just go from, like, five, loving it, pursuit of the olympics at that age like who thinks about the olympics at age because it's a young sport at age so they were already planning it out right pretty much okay i was nine when we decided to move so not exactly five but still really young right you said you started competing kind of around started yeah and i don't i I guess I was kind of good. Oh, <laughs> so no, uh, you were great. But that's, you, let's say um, at that point at nine, you're probably what top twenty in the world or top fifty in the world. Like, how would you say? Well, it's hard to kind of real know then because you're not competing against the whole world right. or the country. Even I feel like it's like kind of Western local or regional. Eastern, yeah, regional. Okay. Right. So. Um, I don't know, but I was winning a lot of competitions, I feel like, at that point were in my section. So they just – I got uh, looked at from another coach in Missouri and kind of they evaluated me, said that I had the talent. But, you know, what? one thing that he told my mom was she didn't say she wanted to go to the Olympics, 
which most mm. kids really want to. Mm. So you'll hear like, I mean, little three-year-olds, four-year-olds, five-year-olds, they're all like, I want to go to the Olympics. That's my dream. That no idea. Yeah. Or what it entails. Yes. And right. I think maybe I already knew what it entails. Because right. <laughs> you've been doing this and you know what the, <laughs> right, the work yeah. ethic's going to be. Right? Yeah. Wow, that's okay. So, what what was your uh, I guess your workouts like? Again, what's because I know I've heard of these crazy hours. Like we think that we work out two three times a day for two or six hours, but we've I've heard gymnastics going eight hours, twelve hours, things of that sort. So, what's the what your workouts like back in the day? Uh, we did seven hours a day, so it was four in the morning, or four hours in the morning, and uh-huh. then uh, three at night. Okay. So I gave up school pretty much when I was twelve, wow. and um. Just focused <laughs> on gym full time. Right. When, so you get done with the gym. You go home. You rest, sleep, eat. Then you go back to the gym. Kind of hop on the computer, do some homeschooling. <laughs> right. Okay. 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 You got to throw that in there. Yeah. 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 Like, I uh, studied like it from minutes, time to time. Yeah. Did one paper. Right. right. Okay. Not doing just not nothing. Right. So how are your how are your grades at that point? It was really strange. I think my homeschooling would uh, dictate our grade on how far. Like, we were in the program, and I'm like, I can hardly do this. I'm yeah. way behind. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, it, I mean, I got into UCLA, so I guess I we did say, okay. Got, we right, did okay. Right. <laughs> you're kind of a high academic if you got into UCLA, for sure. Okay. So, at 12, okay, you're starting to figure out, okay, Olympics, national team. Like, how? what's the thought process from 12 to 16, let's say, mm-hmm. since you just missed the cutoff for the Olympics? Yeah. So, I guess... Uh, at around 11, you're kind of focusing like, okay, I'm a level 10 now. Am I going to go to Lee after this? So I started trying to do qualifiers. Um, I didn't make it the first time. And then the second time I got it. So right after my level 10 season, went straight into elite. And from there, pretty much there's a championships and that's where you make national teams. So you have to be the top 10 in juniors and seniors. So I'm a junior at this point. And I remember seeing the scoreboard and I'm like ninth, I dropped to 10th. And then there were just like a few more people and I just keep watching the scoreboard and right. I'm staying at 10 and I'm like, you're going to make it. Okay. Right. <laughs> I'm on the national team now. Wow. And I had no idea what I was doing. Really? <laughs> wow. Really? I'm just sitting there watching the numbers fall. Yeah. So what we end moment. up moving for the second time. And also my par- like my mom and my brother came, my dad and my other two brothers stayed back in Washington this whole time because my dad wanted to save up for retirement. So that was also another really hard split up because I I felt like, okay, gymnastics is serious now. Like I made the whole family split up for this dream. And so it was a lot of pressure on me. And then... Now, did you you discuss this with your mom and dad at the time or your brothers at the time or you kind of just kept that all inside? Probably more so inside. Yeah. Yeah. so yeah. that was just like added pressure without really having the conversation or the discussion. Yeah. And then just, I mean, I'm sure that at that age, I mean, you're like you said, you realize the seriousness of the sport. And like, okay, now you're causing the family to split up. Now it's like pressure to succeed. Yeah. Now where do you go? Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now where do you go? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so... Um, and obviously I knew like I was going to be too young for the Olympics when I was 16. So it's kind of more about like, planning around that and trying to preserve my body until I was 19, which didn't happen. So when I turned 16, I had just done my first senior competition and I, I won it uh, against Simone Biles. 
And so Ooh, you the shit. Yeah. <laughs> you beat yeah. Simone Biles? Yeah. What? Yes, I did. <laughs> LJ is my daughter. She uh-huh. loves Simone Biles. Uh-huh. She loves Simone. This she beat her. Simone. <laughs> Google her. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I think I was one of the last ones, too. So she's wow. been undefeated for 10 plus years now. Wow, that's, <laughs> crazy. Awesome. that's crazy. So after that, I remember I came home and I just started bawling. My mom's like, what's what's wrong? Like, right. you just won the biggest competition of your life. Like, right. What are you? Why are you crying? And I was like, I'm in so much pain. My Your body. Yeah. I had no. torn labrums, both shoulders, and my vertebrae at that competition was sticking out like I I remember sitting there every day I was getting worse and worse and I'm like I just ran my finger down my spine and I feel it protruding I'm like wow as a trainer I'm like is this normal she's like bone so right. no it's not so what the tra- i mean wow. the trainer wasn't they they're supposed to take you out at that point right or did you or you were kind of saying it's okay i'm i want to play type of deal yeah i don't think t- getting taken out is an option right <laughs> so right, right you just kind of have to push through i remember like if I do see it sometimes on the screen, like you can see like my face just constantly fighting, holding back tears, like I can do this. Um, But yeah, so it was, it was actually a really hard competition and I didn't have a lot of support in terms of, you know, trying to protect my body. So Mm -hmm. when I got home, I remember I was just like, my coach didn't want me to go to the doctor to figure out what was wrong. Because he knew, he knew what was wrong. Yeah. Right. Okay. Go ahead. So finally, I just had to go in on my own and, like, figure it out. They told me that I might not ever do gymnastics again. And I remember that was the first wow. time I felt relieved. The doc- And I was just Why? like, right. I hated the sport for so long at that point because wow. it felt like I was doing it for everyone around me that I was happy that I, I couldn't do that, it. Right. Yeah. But that's not the case because they're still going to say, I'm making you do it. You see, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. So I was in the gym every day still in right. my back brace going in. For <laughs> really? So where? So where is the point That's where you feel like okay, I I need to have a voice to speak up for myself as far as the right. pain that you were going through. Like, was there ever a point that you felt like you could speak up and be like, I can't do this, or you felt silenced because the surrounding of, right? Yeah. I definitely felt more so silenced. I think, like, I remember going into the office and just, like, breaking down and my coach telling me, like... Yeah, get back oh, out there. Yeah, well, what yeah. do you want me to Rub do? Rub some dirt on it, get back out yeah. there. Yeah. Now, I, you guys aren't... Are you guys getting paid at this point? <laughs> you so, see that face, boy? Because, because that's... So why... Boy. So why are we going back out there is my point. Right, if you're, if they ain't paying me, you know, and I felt they paying you $10 million and the coach says get back out there is one thing. You're right. not even getting paid at this point. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I never did it for the, for the sport, you know. Right. Um, I you feel just like- realized you were good at it and then you start competing at a, at a young age, saw the success, and you just kind of kept going and going and going. But then again, you got so good at it. To everybody recognize your greatness to where, like, okay. Expectations. Right. Now. You got to do it. Yeah. Mm. So you're not getting paid and you still go do it. So tell us that thought process. Does, before you ask that, do you start taking medication to manage the pain? No. Um, my parent family's kind of against pain meds. So all natural. So even I'm, worse. Right, yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Because I'm trying to figure out, like, if you're running your finger down and your you back and you can it. feel 
your your spine kind of protruding. Like, yo, that's got to be excruciating. And like, yeah. you knew that something was wrong. It's like, at some point, like, you have to manage the pain yeah. somehow. Because I like, I don't know. That's why I asked him, like, oh, are you taking medication to manage this pain? Like, yeah, you can. You may have a high pain, pain tolerance. tolerance. You may right. not need as much medication as someone, you know. But you see people and kids, you know, using drugs to kind of mask the pain just to get through the, what you, the pains yeah. and stuff. Like, we've seen guys. Saw guys do it just to get through practice, let alone yeah. games. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. no pain meds. No pain wow, meds. Wow, you're, t- you're one tough right. cookie. So, so when coach says go back out there and you go back out there, then what, then what from there? So this is now, I guess, after the competition, and I finally figured out that, like, I physically can't do this sport anymore. So it was another conversation with the coach. I just was in a back brace, said I said no mm-hmm. to everything. Um and kind of just sat in the back gym for six to eight months. Wow. And was hiding from everyone. It was a lot. I think right. I gained 30 pounds in about a month. Wow. And I just, I'm 16, so body change. Yeah. <laughs> started everything. my period. Like, everything is right. different now. And mm. I remember I was finally cleared, but I was getting x-rays every six weeks up to that point to see if my vertebrae was shifting anymore and if I was going to be able to, you know, continue doing gymnastics. And I think it took a full year for me to finally be like, okay, all right, I miss this sport. Like Mm. you talk about why you keep doing something and it's, you know, I had to think constantly, like, why would I even want to do this sport? That's literally almost. Understanding the consequences. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I worked my ass off relentlessly for the past, you know, Fixing yeah. Right? yeah. So I figured that I wanted to get something out of it. So it was also during that period of off time where I decided I had to figure out what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. what I wanted out of this sport. And so, you know, still unsure about what I was even doing, but I kind of started getting back in the gym and slowly working on skills. But it was really humbling because here I am from the top of the sport to now. I have to relearn everything. Like, I can't do conditioning things. Wow. Parts that I didn't know could jiggle were jiggling. I'm like, what's going on here? Mm -hmm. Um, Now, during that time, were were your parents kind of like on the coach's side or on your side? Did they, like, how that, I I don't want to get too much in that dynamic, but it sounds like everybody in your world was saying you have to do gymnastics. Right, but I mean, that's just, that comes with the pressure of being an athlete and an, an elite athlete as well I mean in one aspect of it you would think okay I have the family my family support that supports like yeah you may have a dream but not at the expense of family yeah, <laughs> that and your body yeah. you know what I mean yeah. and then the other part of like okay well you know is it the family's dream to see you where you want to be or is it a combo or is it just what you want out of it And so that was kind of hard because my dad's the one that's kind of more, you know, on my side, but he wasn't really around. So it was like my mom, who, like I said, she was a gymnast, definitely wanted to see me at the Olympics. Uh, Yeah. Where (laughs) it is. There's the rub. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So mom was pushing you. Yeah. So up to that moment, she was definitely always on the coach's side. And I, I remember I'd always complain and stuff like that. And she'd be like, all of this is for your benefit. Like, this is what you need to succeed, right? And I think we've always had in that, our minds that you need to be pushed and pushed until you burn out. You break. Yeah. yeah. Um, which I think 
the sport has talked a lot about this in the past couple years, mm-hmm. and they're trying to, you know, change, make change in the sport and right. see a different way of success. Right, to minimize, obviously, the injuries, the risk of injuries, um, and just the pain that, like you said, I mean, just hearing you explain that, yeah. you know, body. that sounds excruciating. <laughs> I mean, This was you, right? <laughs> I, yeah. Right, I'm just thinking, like, yo, like, I mean, like I said, I just worked out twice you in a sore, day, and right. I'm sore. Like, I really felt like I was in a car wreck, but I can't understand. I mean, I can't imagine, again, what you're feeling like, like I said, to feel like your spine just out of whack, and you're having to tumble and twist and, and do all these things. Like, yeah, labor. Like, and both shoulders? Both shoulders. Oh but I didn't, so I got one cleaned up while I was in my back brace. Right. Ah. And then here's the kicker. I get cleared to start gymnastics again, and when I almost started getting, like, more skills back, the other one went off. Pops, dislocates. I'm sitting on the floor like. You Did you know it at the time? So what? So how does it dislocate? How does it get out? Is it the way you're landing? Like how, how does it just come? It was so loose. I was just, I, I was flipping. I was doing a twist. In the air setting, comes out. And I just remember a whole, like my whole nerve, like went down my body. I'm like ah, uh, sitting there. I'm like, I don't even know what I hurt. But right it's now. something just, bad. I can't even move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm wow. not moving. I know it's bad. I just don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah. Bro, this really? is crazy. This is on Get Your Popcorn. We only get this on Get Your Popcorn. Your popcorn <laughs> I'm telling you, 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 you guys wow. are watching. You're getting a treat today. I yes. mean, you just be twirling up in the air. I mean, that's just like mm-hmm. you getting up, going to the bathroom and you just. And my leg fall off. Yeah. <laughs> You know what right. I'm saying? Like, right. let, let me get let me get that. That's my leg. Follow, yeah. Leg. Let me and you like home. you looking at me like T. I don't know what just happened. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, wow, uh, so that's the shoulder goes, and then that's what another two three months of rehab and two three months rehab. Come back. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Dislocates again. Wow, same Sur- shoulder. <laughs> same shoulder. Okay. I got to get surgery, obviously. Right. Man, so who I are get... your trainers? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we don't have trainers. That's the thing. That's why... Okay, so talk about, like, um, your... what. 
pain tolerance. Yeah. Right. I literally had the highest pain tolerance, I swear. And then I got to college and we got trainers. I'm like, I stubbed my toe. Yeah, yeah. My fingernail. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Everything hurts Maybe, now. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> so I think they knew that. And they're like, no trainers. Only trainers when we go to national camp. Right. So that was wow. every month. Wow. Wow. Okay. Crazy, so bro. after that, rehab again. And then you're finally getting into like the scholarship offers and things of that sort. Yeah. Okay. So now I am just about 18 and I haven't competed in two years before this I wasn't looking at any colleges most gymnasts commit when they're 15 so Mm -hmm. imagine I'm almost 18 sitting here I don't have any scholarships most most places are already filled right so I'm trying to make calls like look I haven't competed but I think I want to come to college and like I want to prove it to you that I can do this Mm -hmm. but obviously everyone's really skeptical even though they're like okay we really have you know, you were one of the best in the world, but mm-hmm. we can't offer you right on the spot. We have to see what you do this season. Kind of like Odell Beckham Jr. right now. <laughs> yeah, okay. Quite, are you, are you yeah. familiar with football? Yeah. yeah. He's had two injuries right now. He's shopping himself around. You got to be, you, know, you got to see right, it. You got to, yeah. You got to see it. I need yeah. to see you run around. I mean, okay. you had injury. I need to see what you, you're capable yeah. of doing. Yeah. Okay. All right. So now would they come to see you? So I think a couple of them came to practice to like okay. recruit, but then season started in January and so I luckily was in time to start competing then. And, you know, do you not, feel did my pressure? Thing. So you did your thing. <laughs> right, right. You, so you did your thing. You beat me to obviously the answer. But do you feel the pressure because you've been injured? You haven't competed in a couple of years. Now you're having recruits come in, look at you to kind of assess where you are, where you could be. Do you feel the pressure? Is that the beginning of the added pressure? Because, again, you're trying, like you said, you said it yourself. Now you want to prove nobody's calling you. You're having to call college like, oh, I think I can do it. I think more so stressed because college is a lot easier than elite gymnastics. So okay. it's a like big, a step. Oh, what? Right college is college is easier, easier than, than elite? elite gymnastics. Way, way easier. That's why it's really hard to go from college to elite again because you've already taken this massive step down for four years. That's why you don't really see it frequently. Mm-hmm. Like some of the girls now, and NIL has helped us a lot. They can get paid at the Olympics, go to college, and now there's a couple girls that were on the team that are like, I'm taking a break from college to mm-hmm. continue and try for, for 2024. The, for the Olympics? Yeah. That's oh, crazy. wow. Okay. So what, what stretched in there? Like I said, you, you missed the Olympics by four months. Do you Are you able to compete again at the Olympics? Or do you, what, what is that, is oh, that too done. far? I'm done, done. I'm done. done. I'm like, Right, yeah. of, is it because of the injuries? Like, and now that's like another three or four years of training to even compete for the Olympics. Yeah, I physically don't think my body would have been able to, to hold make, up with right. that much training. Um, right. Like NCAA, we have like the 20-hour limit, right? Mm-hmm. Elite, we are doing 36 a week. Double. So, Double. Yeah. Wow. So you get to UCLA then, right? They recruit so. you. You do that whole thing. How that? How the you call Ms. up UCLA. Miss okay. Val came and got you. The yes. legendary Miss Val came and got you. So hi Val, how no, are hi, you? Val. <laughs> He's definitely a legend. Go ahead. Uh, We're legends. <laughs> <laughs> hi. <laughs> Um, it was hard the first couple years. I think I still hated the sport. And so I was trying to like put a smile on and be there for my teammates. 
But I was like physically probably doing things that weren't helping me be a better teammate, better athlete. Mm-hmm. And such as uh, yeah. Well, I mean, we're going to college, so I didn't ca- I didn't care about out. yeah, I okay. didn't care about school. I didn't care about gymnastics. Like I've been homeschooled my whole life. I'm going out. To- yeah. yeah, first time <laughs> you got to experience life. Yeah. Gotcha. And this and you're in Beverly Hills, California. Like yeah. well, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Redwood right there. Redwood. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, my mom's a health freak, so like growing up, I didn't see junk food and. You know, we got the dining halls, unlimited food. I get it. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's great to hear, though, because again, you you're getting to experience being a kid. How many pounds did you gain? <laughs> right. I'm trying to because I'm just I'm like, okay, all this free stuff, <laughs> access to all this food. She says she gained thirty pounds in, in, a ha- month. in a month, in a month, just sitting in a back brace. <laughs> I can only imagine. I'm, that's why I'm at. Like, how many pounds did you gain? Pro- like, it, probably another 25 from that. Damn! Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah talking about Christmas vegetarians. Get some popcorn ready! Yeah, my coaches were not very happy about what? it. <laughs> <laughs> what? So, but UCLA's big gymnastics school, right? So yes. what was the expectations when you came there? Were you already knew that you were not going to go for the Olympics? After your junior senior year? Yeah, I knew I wasn't going to go to the Olympics, and they knew that as well. Okay. Um, I think expectations were still pretty high because they knew what I was capable of. So I remember we were sitting down in a meeting, going around and talking about what our vices were. Is this uh, what meeting? Is it with the team? Team meeting, meeting, yeah. And we're sitting down, talking about our vices, and Ms. Val looks at me, and I answer, I just don't want to be great again. Mm. And coach does not want to hear that. Mm. But, but listen, listen to what she said, though. That's a lot of confidence. I don't want to be great yeah. again. But a coach doesn't want to hear. Yeah. That. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's you well, cursing that's her very, out. That's a curse word. F you, yeah, coach. Basically, what you just said. That's exactly how she felt. She's like, I felt. She felt like she was slapped in the face. Yeah. And she's like, Well, then what the. Are and why am I doing pay- here? Yeah, yeah. Why am I paying you sixty k to be here? Yeah. And so it's like, all right. Um, I remember one of my teammates spoke up after I said that, and she was like, well, imagine what she's been through. Like, everything that she, like, correlates greatness to it was miserable. So why would she want to be great again? Mm. And so deep right there. Yeah. I love that teammate. Very wise. Absolutely. I mean, because you needed that honesty of that perspective. It's not your own, but somebody else saying, yes, I understand what she went through, and I understand what she's saying. Yeah. Right. It's crazy. Okay, so UCLA, so then it's like, I'm going to finish, I'm going to help the team win, right? Yeah. Do you feel like it's a dead end at the time or like? Yeah, you kind of think about like gymnastics, since you know your time's coming to an end throughout college, it's like you could either think about, okay, why this doesn't even matter. Mm -hmm. Or you could think like, I have four years to put my soul and body into this sport. Make the best of it. Yeah, exactly. And so my first two years... I was probably sitting there thinking, like, doesn't matter, right? it doesn't matter. Right. And then towards my last, I'm like, oh, I only have I two only years, years left. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. It goes that's the catch 22. Yeah. yeah that's, especially with sports because your body eventually is going to be I done. I mean, especially at that age, what, 15, 16, you're like, you don't really realize how fast four years go yes. by. Yeah. You know what I mean? Your freshman year, you're taking a lot of, uh, like, electives, not some just things my, towards your major. Yeah. You know, you just kind of you get goofing off, and then those second and third years kind of get serious. And then, like I said, if you're playing a sport, 
you look and I'm like, oh man, I got, yeah, I got me two more years. years. Yeah, Yeah. I'm like, yo, Mm. like it, it reality hits and like, okay, it's coming to an end, Caitlin. What was what was that moment like when it finally started to hit you? A lot of things were happening. I feel like at that point because I started going to therapy. I started like getting. Therapy, I feel like what kind of therapy? Like mental therapy, mental, physical therapy? Mental therapy. Okay. Um, okay. Because I remember my mom tried putting me in high school, and I was not about it. Right. I was what? not about to sit there and listen to someone. Right. Do that and go to gymnastics <laughs> class? Not happening, right? I mean, it's like being in here with him, listening to him. It's like, yes, I'm not I'm, I'm a psychologist. To, I'm not about to listen to this. I'm, I'm the best, Kaylin, vo- you gonna listen I'm the to best this? voice he has in his head. You listen to this all day? <laughs> No, I'm like you. I'm not gonna hear this. Don't, don't, don't listen to that. Don't yeah, even laugh. Can't stop laughing. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, go ahead. Um, and I also started like getting inspired. I remember my coach kind of talked to me about watching more TED Talks and not just being scrolling through social media and kind of really taking in helpful information instead of just blank negative. words mm. and yeah, negative. So. And I actually started enjoying my classes during these times and started picking up different hobbies. So going into the gym, it made that easier because I, I no longer felt like I needed gymnastics to make me feel whole or like I had worth or, you know, value to myself. So it was nice because I felt free mm. my junior and senior year for the first time in the sport. Mm. And I knew that I wasn't doing it for anyone else in those moments. Mm. So and I started having help, fun. Right. So what helped you life. realize that? What What was the moment that helped you realize yeah. that? Was it a certain TED talk or was it just something this Val said? Or right. Yeah. To make you feel moment? like, yeah, because you said at some point you felt free. Yeah. What yeah. freed what, you? What was that turning point? I started this course, uh, World Arts and Cultures is a major at U- UCLA, and I remember people sitting in my class talking about their life stories and how a lot of them were, you know, on food stamps, living out of their car, working four or five jobs just to go to UCLA. Mm-hmm. And, and I was there, free ride. Mm-hmm. And gymnastics, not that we're, we have a lot of money, but you have to have money in order to do the sport, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, my mom would literally Sacrifice. work in and out the gym just to, you know, pay for tuition. But we didn't. There weren't girls like that, like girls living out their car and, you know, couldn't afford food. So I was never exposed to that type of lifestyle. And I was like, wow, you know, we all have it so good. Mm-hmm. And that's that kind of opened my eyes a lot to my whole situation. Yeah, that's awesome. Because, again, a lot of people, even when they're in the situation, they don't get to see it. But you saw it firsthand, felt it, and you really changed your life at that moment. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, you, you know, it wasn't a drastic change, but it's like it sounds like those last two years is a life changer because, again, three-year-old till 20-ish then, you were in a whole nother life, right? Now 21 and 22, you get to live a whole different life. Yeah. You know, you're transitioning out of, I guess, a girl to woman type of deal. Right. You know, is that how you felt, kind of? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, maybe even just a person because before that, I didn't even feel like a person. So, yeah, so you alluded to, like, just having fun, being free. Was that, like, a matter of you being just mentally more free and, like, uh, and even added to that more physically, you know, free from from pain? Obviously, like I said, you're going to, you know, that never never (laughs) wavered. But I'm sure you obviously felt better, obviously, to compete. You know what I mean? As athletes, you're always, like, we're never 100% healthy going than we started. So is that 
what, like I said, obviously the, the, the mental clarity and obviously some of the physical maybe may not have been as bad that help you to be just like free and just do your routines and just even go into practice with a better attitude. Because, again, sometimes that can factor in how you perform to how you approach how you approach practice. My case for practice is a little interesting because I think my coach knew how bad my body was. So I kind of I didn't practice a lot. Like I'd be in the gym doing mental imagery or talking. Right, but then that's <laughs> hanging that's out. That's mental. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's 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 part of it. You know, because yeah. I mean? sometimes you can't. You know, there are times like during like we we played, and there are times like we want to practice, but sometimes the coach will hold us back from you know hurting ourselves. Yeah, exactly. hurting ourselves. <laughs> so again, that's smart that she obviously you know noticed that and realized that, and then you took that approach. But like mental imagery is is huge, especially in a sport where you got to go yeah, up in the air, yes. turn outs, have spatial awareness. Yeah. That's that's not that's not easy not to actually physically do the reps. Would you would you agree? Definitely, I think most of the sport is definitely mental. And at this point, right, I've been doing it for twenty plus twenty years. Mm-hmm. So I think the gymnastics came easy. And so it was all about just being mentally tough and being able to hit it when it counted. And I always told myself, I'm like, well, if I start falling in the competition, I'm going to have to start practicing. And I don't want that. So I'm going to have to, yeah. I'm going to hit it when it counts. You better hit it. Yeah. So which brings me to my point. Let's back up a little bit to Simone Biles in the Olympics. And she, she bows out yeah. because of something like this, the mental, mental, block. mental block that she was going through. But somebody like that, that, that beat Simone Biles, that has traveled that path to greatness in which she has, now she's on the biggest stage of, of the world. And explain to me kind of like what she may have been thinking and she was trying to basically convey to the world how she was having these mental I mean, blocks, if you will. The amount of times I get asked about mental blocks when I go and speak with little gymnasts is it's countless every single time I go to an event, they talk about that. And so I always like gymnastics. If you're scared at that age, I'm like, you don't have a chance. Ooh, good luck because it's not a sport you can necessarily be like scared in. You can't hesitate. You can't like be fearful. And so I think with Simone, imagine being 24 going into the Olympics and you have all eyes on you. Like she was probably the number one athlete talked about going into the Olympics. Mm -hmm. So I could never imagine the pressure she was already feeling and the pressure she puts on herself, like, right? Right, which is more. And gymnastics, like I said, you can't hesitate and you can't be fearful. And if you're already in that mindset that you're struggling with your twists and then you start doubting, there's no going back. And when you're at the Olympics, you don't have pits to, like, have soft landings. Right. It's all hard. Simone's mm-hmm. throwing the biggest skills that most gymnasts can't even imagine doing. Mm-hmm. So not only does she have mental blocks now, she's throwing these ridiculous skills. She doesn't have soft landings. There's nowhere to practice yeah. for them. There's nowhere to get she your had, game back tight. Right. She had to pull out. Right, and that's what I was trying to understand because obviously it was a big topic. And for me, you know, I'm like, okay, well, I had a problem with, you know, obviously with the the idea of mental awareness and probably sometimes athletes take advantage of the the the, the subject of it. So I'm like, okay, well, Simone Biles, she's been there, done that before. The very thing that has made her great is like now she feels like she can't she can't do that. 
And greatest strength is your greatest weakness. Right. So it's like, okay, well, in a sense, it's admirable that, again, she's speaking up for her mental health, for her sanity. But then, again, what she did is like allowed other opportunities for, well, I can't think of her name, but she ended up winning gold or whatever. But she opened uh, other opportunities for those other gyms to, to flourish. But it's like sometimes, like, you know, some some people, like I said, obviously it's the big topic uh, in the subject of mental health awareness. Like, But sometimes, like, yo, when you think about Kobe, some of the ones that are wired kind of like equally the same that have reached the pinnacle of greatness, we didn't have mental health awareness to, like, okay, to lean, lean on as a crutch. Be like, oh, bowing out. We never did that. So that's what I was kind of struggling with. And I tried to be mindful not to, like, you know, obviously – disrespect anybody's what as far as what they were going through but like you were saying it's like sometimes your greatest strength is you know it could be your great greatest weakness but i was just trying to figure out okay man this is the olympics you know what i mean like, how and, could and, you right because again <laughs> i i factored in okay you worked four hard years to get to this 20 point. years well but yeah, yeah get, but you know obviously that like, like, yeah, it was like okay it was like yo you're the greatest like how can you how can you now get at this point and feel like okay there's a mental block I mean, I'd be lying if I didn't have to, like, really think hard and, like, about what she did. Because I was sitting there, I'm like, as someone I didn't know about mental health either, you know, at that young age, like 16 when I was in elite. Like, that wasn't a conversation. That was nothing I would ever thought about doing. And so I'm like, gosh, how could you? Right. Because, again, that's why I'm asking because I know— there are some people, there's mixed feelings about what she did. And I'm like, some people like in certain positions, like, oh, I would never do that. Because like I said, there are so many girls that have worked so hard to get to this point and that have worked so hard and never got to that point, And she's at that point. But I think it's really easy to say, right? Like, I could never. Mm-hmm. Until you're in the moment. Until you're in the moment and you think about like, oh, so I can never do anything near what she's done and and talking about Kobe too like that's a sport you can pass the ball essentially when I think about Mm. the Olympics that's what she did she passed the ball to the teammates Mm. right Suni got to shine her other teammates got to shine I looked at it I saw that and I think that was actually really cool right because I think a lot of people in my were very critical of her at this point and then there were some people that obviously supported her um, obviously, like I said, with this mental health uh, uh, awareness um, that's that that's 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 been upon us for I guess for the last three or four years, right. and people speaking out on it. And obviously, Kevin Love is is is, is definitely a one. Um, obviously, in the NBA, that's an advocate of mental health awareness. Um, but again, like I said, it was just like, and then uh, the tennis player Naomi mm. uh, Saka as well. Mm. So that's I just wanted to get you know kind of give get your understanding take, your take yeah. on what she probably could have been thinking and what was your take on like or her backing backing out on it because like I said for me like I said we, there were there were uh, platforms where we discussed it and people obviously me being an athlete I'm like man well what are you what is your take on it and then I just took my, my approach is like I can't fault her for what she did but I'm like eh. I'm like man I think I mean? it's like the different time of life or a different time of career because it sounds like at 16 you would have never did that. But what you know today, you're like, I understand Yeah, that. And yeah. she wouldn't have either at 16, there, right? You, you see what I'm saying? So, right, right, right. I think it, like you said, it's opened a lot of doors for everyone to kind of speak out on mental health. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really big. Like, I feel like last year was the biggest, um, like, monumental moments in the sport. Yeah. Right. I have, if, do you think if she wasn't, like, the, the number one top gymnast, um, at that time, would she have would she have bowed out, or did that kind of factor into like okay, 
I've already done this. I've been here, done that. Like I said, mental I don't think block you or can. not. If, you, if you've never been number one, I don't think you can think that I'll ever bow out ever because you haven't got to number one yet. Right, because again, like I said, what drove her to be number one, one to be the greatest thing. is what landed her in the Olympics. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like, okay, that's why I was trying to have, I was having a hard time. And like I said, you know, really trying to articulate or really trying to convey like really my my true feelings about what she did because like I said, I'm not Simone Biles, like I said, but then again, I try to put my 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 feet in her shoes and see, okay, well, if I wasn't the top gymnast and I was trending up and I was not this is my first Olympics, would I bow out? Would, would not not really bow out, but would I yeah, the mental bow out. Yeah, would the would the mental hurdle be so great? Then, because the mental hurdle as she's trending up is what trended her and got her to where she is. Yeah, but I feel like if she wasn't the top gymnast, she probably wouldn't have all the extra pressures, and so maybe she wouldn't even feel the need to bow out. I agree. I agree. Double-edged sword. De definitely a double-edged sword. But I think that's why people are great because they can handle the right. double-edged sword. You know what exactly. I'm saying? And, and I'm glad you said that's what I was kind of getting to. Like. That's what really kind of, you know, propels you to being great. Yeah. Do you call yourself a competitor? Do you think you're competitive now at this age? When I when it comes to cardio, I'm competitive. Really? So, always, so that, always forever and always. Yeah, so that's going to always be there. And again, but that stems from when you were three and five and your parents pushing you to do A, B, and C. But you're, now you're going to be competitive the rest of your life, which is going to carry you on through business, relationships, all that stuff because you're competitive, which is, to me, a great habit to have, a great tool in your toolbox. But the people who bowed out at three and five, they're going to look at the Simone Biles incident as, oh, she, could, she should never do that because they've never been. It's like Jordan said, because you never want anything. Mm -hmm. They don't understand it. They don't want to understand it. They just want to point the finger. You know what I'm saying? That's our generation for that's, you. Oh, that's, that's your generation. That's my, yeah. <laughs> yeah, mine. Mine for so sure. So what is your passion now outside of, like said, you know, I don't know, you, you coach, you teach. What do you do, like, I guess as an outlet, obviously, to kind of, you know, fill that void of, of, of competition or that, yeah. that, that adrenaline rush? That's, or you just, maybe you maybe you don't have it. You know, that's something that I'm actually struggling with, I feel like, in terms of what's something that makes me excited, like, as excited as when I used to compete. Mm -hmm. And so we did the tour back um, last year, it finished last November. And that was kind of that little taste, like being out there, doing gymnastics again, performing in front of an audience. And that's what I really love doing is performing. So mm -hmm. thinking of different ways that I could get out there. Like I um, have done a couple commercials now and I, I feel like I thrive in that space. Like really? okay. I love, okay putting on a show and so that's what they yeah, want you, too you, yeah, that's exactly what they want <laughs> so you're the right person for the job absolutely <laughs> hired <laughs> exactly but so, again it's good that because it, it's 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 that little in between of can you find love with a little bit in the sport but not so serious with the stress and the pressure like yeah that's the goal of of our life once we get out of the sport that we love so tell us about this perfect score Oh. <laughs> yeah, tell uh, us about this perfect, perfect score. score. Which As one? You, uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, excuse okay. me. Okay. Excuse me. The floor routine. <laughs> so as you're doing this, these routines, do you kind of, do you know that you're, you're, you're doing your thing? 
You know when or you did, nailed you it. You know to, right, when you then, nailed you it. You just have to really wait for the judges' score. Because sometimes, like, as as athletes, you know, like, if we balling, we know we balling. You yeah. know what I mean? So I don't know if that's the same as a gy- uh, as a gymnast. Because it's an you, individual. Right, you and you're know. getting judged by yeah. so many people that may not see the same thing from an optics. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly. I always tell myself, I'm like, my favorite floor routine I've ever done, hands down, I got a 995. And he was hot too. And it was, was better mad. than and it was <laughs> better than, than your team. It was better than your team. I think to so. you, right? To, me. to you, yeah. Really? Oh. Shame on those judges. <laughs> <laughs> Who are they? Yeah. What? It was the last floor team of my life, and, uh-huh. or not? Um, yeah, actually, I haven't. Uh, yeah. So, life, right. um, and it was it. That's the freest moment I've ever felt. Mm. was that Florentine. And that's why I tell little girls, like, it's cool. You can feel confident, and mm. but it doesn't matter what the judges give you. It's all from within. Yeah. Mm. And you try to get 1% better every single time. So that Florentine that everyone or most a lot of people know is, like, I definitely felt in my bag. Like, right. I was oh, in there like. This is what I'm I talking do. about. I've been <laughs> doing this since I was three years old. Go in your bag, Caitlin. Okay. Go in your bag. Okay. <laughs> um, that, that was actually also a really unique moment because the music was so loud at that competition. And I remember sitting there. There's parts in my routine that are silent. And I could feel all eyes on me. And the silent parts, no one was moving. And it was so intense and crazy. I remember finishing and like, yeah, I had a blast during the meet. And when they scored the 10, I was like, all right, cool. But what's now next? On to the next one. You know? Really? Okay, listen. <laughs> it so wasn't my first 10. It wasn't yeah. my first 10. Yeah. Oh, there, excuse that. me. <laughs> Miss KO. Okay, Been my there, bad. Been my there, bad. Ho, ho, ho. KO is in the building. Been there, done that. What? Okay. Um, wow. So are you surprised like when other people get 10s that you didn't get a 10 from a judge or are you just like, okay, it was pretty good? Yeah, yeah, I feel like that's mainly how it was. My senior year, I didn't get a lot below 10s. But right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm done now. Like, you know what you're looking at, though. You know what you're exactly, looking at. Exactly, so, yeah. Well, give, give us your top five gymnasts of all time, then, since uh, you know what you're looking at and you know who got 10s and 9 nines or could nine, be about nine, the moment or whatever, yeah. but literally your top 10 gymnasts. All right. Simone Biles, of course. Awesome. Obviously, you can't deny her greatness. Mm-hmm. And, okay, I used to train with this girl, Rebecca Bross, and okay. she was, you know, she won a couple worlds, and training next to her every day is the reason why, like, I continue doing gymnastics and wow. what pushed me to be a better gymnast. See, that's what I was yeah. waiting on early when I was asking you all those <laughs> questions. I'm like, what made you just keep going out yeah. there? Like, <laughs> like, the competitor in you. I'm like, yo, I'm like, yo. You saw okay. it. You saw great. Shout out to, what's her name? Rebecca Bross. Rebecca Shout Bross. Shout out to Rebecca Bross. Yes. Okay. okay I all knew right. it was something. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe 20 minutes later, but I, I got, got it. it. We'll yeah. edit it in so she yeah. said it out. Yeah. I'm like, yo. And I'm That's like, yo, because I'm like, what pushing? Like, this pain? I'm like, yeah. yo, that's got to be like, you ain't I mean, no pain, man. My mom really pushed me, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to moms, too. <laughs> that's okay. Three, that's what okay. Okay. Um, That's two. You got two. Three, two. Okay. okay. Kyla Ross, who Kyla I went Ross. to UCLA with, who's okay. also a phenomenal gymnast. She okay. is probably the most tens in the world. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. In college gymnastics, college, for sure. Okay, that's what's yeah. up. All right, that's um, three. Jordan Weber. 
Jordan Weber. Okay. I've heard of her. I've heard that name before. She has a pretty intense story, too. She was supposed to definitely win 2012 Olympics. Mm-hmm. Uh, only two finalists from every country go. She, like, had slightly off day. One person, Allie Raisman, had a better day uh, that day. Uh, and yeah. swooped in. She didn't even get. Okay. Okay. And the last one. I'm sorry. Uh, oh, last one. So you got four. So again, this is your list. So it's not yeah. no one. It's just five. You don't have to go one. Yeah, five, yeah, yeah. So. Again, you can go back know, in the archives. You can go to your Dominique Dolls. You can go to your Sean Johnson, Tracy was Retton, Mary Lou Retton. Mary Lou Retton. You, can, Retton. you, you know what? I never watched gymnastics growing up too much, but I'm gonna say uh, Svetlana Boganskaya because. Oh. <laughs> Russian? So, <laughs> Russian? Yeah. yeah. What? <laughs> What's her name? Boganskaya. Okay. Boganskaya? Yeah. Russian, uh, Ru- yeah. She was one of, she's definitely Boganskaya. has changed gymnastics a lot and wow. she's also a phenomenal person. So. Wow. Awesome. Well, that's awesome. Who was the lady that was like the oldest gymnast? Um, Nadia Comaneci, the first 10. No, the, oh, the, the oldest. The oldest. Oh, that was okay, in, and that's Svetlana's best friend, Oksana. Yeah, I saw her. Really? Yeah, she's like, yeah, she's, she's like the oldest gymnast, and they kind of like forty-seven has been to like nine Olympics. Olympic, yeah. yeah, I did hear about she that. She retired. No, you did not. I we're did because pop, so you're trying to what? Okay, because we know it's sixteen-year-olds, twenty-year-olds, right? So when you see a forty-year-old, it's, it's crazy. Um, how the heck? Right. Like, how is right. your body well, how are you still, still surviving? Doing it? She's built different. Right, yeah. But she... also, you know what? They get paid. Like, you know because, what I'm saying? Well, okay, wait a minute. Because of the country she's in, they pay, like they give you a <laughs> home. The, they, yeah. The, the, uh, the country. <clears throat> I remember that, yeah. So here, like, I think being on the national team gives you about $12,000 in your pocket. What? And that's, that's it. it. And everything else has to be endorsement-based. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And her? What would, what I, I don't know. Russian I don't know pay. numbers, but I but do know, like, paid. you know. They're getting yeah. some money, getting some coin. Wow. That's crazy. Well, that's I, we appreciate the story, Caitlin. That's awesome. Caitlin Again, I, I love It's It's amazing. Oh, that you're man. still walking and talking and moving man, because again, your body, we uh, our bodies are tore wear up, and tear, you know. You know what I mean? So again, we, we understand and, and we get it. But the yeah. love for the sport and the love for competition is what it sounds like to me. It's very that's respectful. And, yeah, that's you know kind of where I am. Like people are like, why are you still doing? Like I, I worked out with DK Metcalf, and mm-hmm. he was like, let's meet up. We we train, and he mm-hmm. literally, I was running back. He's like, man, what makes you want to do this? And I'm like, dude, I'm like. I'm, I like to compete. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if you can move around and you have the ability to do it, you know what yeah. I mean? Why not? Exactly. As you know long I mean? as you're able bodied, I'm like, right. that's yeah. why I started training again and I was sitting there like, what, what am I doing right, right. now? Right. And I'm like, you know what? Down. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. I wish I could run a slant right now. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do it. Man, we appreciate <laughs> you, Caitlin. Yeah. Let everybody know where they can find you besides yeah. Google. Yeah. And YouTube, Ohashi, right? Yeah, I mean. Where's your social media handles? Uh, Caitlin underscore Ohashi on pretty much everything. everything. Okay. Except, okay. Tw- you know what? TikTok got me Caitlin Ohashi underscore. Because I think oh, someone took it before man. me. Really? That's, right. that's, a that's when you know you're popular. You? When they, really? somebody else stole your name. Underscore? <laughs> really? There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Get your popcorn ready podcast. Yeah. Caitlin Ohashi in the building. Y'all next week. Peace.